0: Hi, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Linear Cloud Podcast. It's been a couple of weeks since I recorded the last one. uh, And yeah, this this is the first for this year. So happy new year. And yeah, welcome to to my show. Um, This podcast is about optimization of cloud infrastructure for price, performance, high availability, latency. And I've been starting with a a series of uh, AWS cost optimization episodes And I'm going to continue this series today um, with an episode on spot instances. So the the previous episodes, we talked a bit about uh, reserved instances and savings plans. And then we covered the uh, enterprise discount plans, which all these allow you to optimize your costs in ways that are non intrusive that allow you to just do a small, a small configuration in your account and purchase maybe some some uh, some uh, commitment capacity and then get the savings with spot it's a bit different so the the way it works is is requires a bit more configuration changes but yeah this is pretty much my main area of expertise um, i've been using spot since the early days 2014 2015 back when it was the old um, bidding war between customers And basically, I'm going to talk a bit about how it is today. So no longer how it used to be, but how it is right now and why you should be using Spot, how you should be using it and so on. Um, So let's start a bit with the basics. Where does Spot come from? So Spot is basically just spare capacity that AWS doesn't offer at the moment to on-demand customers or to people who purchased reserved instances or savings plans. So anything that remains unused is put for uh, in the market as a a a spot capacity, so you can go and uh, and purchase it. Um, This capacity, if you think about it, is divided by instance types. So you have, now there are like 600 plus instance types divided in multiple, a few dozens of families split by CPU architecture from Intel, AMD, um, and also the Graviton CPUs. There are all sorts of um, um, families that have different um, amounts of CPU to memory ratio. So compute optimized that have less memory and more CPU, Um, memory optimized that have more CPU, more more, um, memory and less CPU and then the general purpose that has have a, a, a balanced mix of CPU and memory. Then you have all sorts of um, dedicated uh, instance types that have accelerators like GPUs, uh, machine learning accelerators, and so on. So There are all these 600 plus combinations that you can use. And at any given time, there is a bit of spare capacity in the system. Otherwise, people who start to use EC2 they wouldn't be able to, to, to run new instances. But then this spare capacity, instead of just sitting idle, is put for sale by AWS. So they, they offer it as, as spot instances. There is no difference between spot instances and your normal EC2 instances that you were, you were paying for as on demand or, or with savings plans or RIs. When it's running, it's exactly the same. You have the same CPU for that uh, given instance type, the same amount of memory. The only caveat is that it can be interrupted. I mean, it's not really a caveat, it's part of the model. And this interruption um, means that AWS will take that instance and give it to somebody who's paying the on-demand price. But then because you're prone to these interruptions, they offer you at a very steep discount. So if you think about it, it's like um, going in a last minute trip. Um, That's where you get a a huge discount for just using capacity that wouldn't be used by somebody else. So when that interruption comes, there is an event that's generated in in the control plane and that event comes two minutes before the instance is, is taken away from you. So you have a bit of time to wrap things up um, and also like maybe to, to save some, some state if, if you were doing some processing and so on. And you can also, if you, if you want, now it's, a, it's very easy to go and test your applications um, for, for interruptions. Using the, the Amazon console, so it's it's an easy way to see. After you up the adopt spot, you can go and simulate these interruptions. Actually, not simulate. You get you trigger real interruptions with this um, um, fault in, fault injection simulator service. Um, when it comes to pricing, I mentioned there is a huge discount. The figures are roughly in the 50 to 70 range, 70% range. Um, The the maximum is up to 90% for the older generations, but if you use a relatively new generation, it's around 50 to 60%, 70% for the, uh, like say C4 and so on. And it goes, the percentage increases the, the more you go back in time and use older generations. Um, this pricing used to be fluctuating a lot over time. So you had those bidding wars um, between customers and who was paying the more was getting the capacity. Now this is no longer the case. So now the pricing is entirely calculated based on longer term trends and is updating a few times a, a day, but with very small increments. So if you look at the pricing history, the there is very little difference over, let's say the last few weeks or or few months um, in in a given particular instance type and family. Um, But then again, this pricing will no longer protect you from terminations. So previously in the previous model, the more you were bidding, the less likely was that you were interrupted because people who were bidding less would be interrupted. Um, In the current model, B- bidding or it's not bidding anymore but but saying you want to pay more is just a limit in the price you're willing to pay but it's not going to guarantee you that capacity so when AWS will will need that capacity from you regardless how much you you say is your time limit your your price limit the capacity will be taken away from you um and this Pricing is also, you can see them um, shown in the the Spot console in AWS EC2. So you just go there and there is a graph per instance type and it shows you the percentage of savings. And also you can see over the last three months how it's changed. There's also, um, after you get to use Spot, there is a savings summary in the console that shows you the actual prices that you paid for the capacity you, you already used, and yeah, um, now get getting back a bit about spot. So having in in mind the fact that you have these interruptions and you have these instance types, um, the more inter- interesting thing is where you where you can use these 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 in- spot instances. So. There are a number of workloads that are a good fit for Spot. For example, if you are stateless, loosely coupled, um, that could be interrupted, where you have instance type flexibility. um, For example, being able to run on any instance type, like you have an Apache server, it doesn't really matter if you run it on a a C6 or on a C5 or even on C3 or C4 uh, instance types. Also, there are certain workloads that are very sensitive to costs, um, and because they run at massive scale, and uh, you you want to do like even if you if it's not a good fit for for spot architecturally, you're willing to take the risk or or do some workarounds to make it spot friendly, because the workload itself would be so so expensive otherwise. Um, to to just have a few a few things like. Containers are a good fit because they are very small and they can start very quickly on new capacity. Um, if you're using a web application, that application, you can, you can start also quickly. Um, you can drain it also quickly when, when uh, terminations come. If you have like REST APIs, um, things like even machine learning inference where you're just running an existing model and and uh, serving requests which which can be very quick as well because you can then drain that traffic uh, on, on uh, spot terminations other workloads suitable for spot would be big data workloads or batch processing where you you need a lot of capacity and it would be very expensive to run that on on demand and there is maybe a, a not 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 a strict deadline when you were supposed to be having that that work completed so you could just run it um, when there is capacity, maybe run it in a different region where you can have capacity at the moment, but not necessarily in your your main region. And it's the same for other workloads like uh, uh, loosely coupled HPC, high performance compute. Um, and for these, these scenarios, you can have uh, all sorts of workarounds for, for Spot to make it work um, even if the workload itself would not be interruptible, you may be able to do checkpointing in addition to what the workload would be just doing normally. So you can save the state and then avoid uh, massive recomputation when the spot is um, terminated and and replaced with a new instance. Um, Where spot is not a good fit is for stateful workloads, which are, let's say, not interruptible, there is no flexibility on instance types and it's uh, tightly coupled. So um, use cases like databases where there is by definition, there is a lot of state and you cannot really interrupt it. Um, video streaming is a lot, another um, use case because it's a real time and uh, you cannot really uh, put your, your stream on pause because this instance is getting terminated. Um, also, the same scenario applies to game servers, uh, things like uh, tightly coupled high-performance compute or machine learning, where you have a large cluster of instances that have to be identical and talking to each other via very speed, very uh, fast networks. So they cannot be in different parts of the data centers. You want to put them in the same group, um, placement group, so that they they talk to each other. Uh, very quickly and uh, share share data as they process. Um, and for those, you can use dedicated instance types like the Trainium and Inferentia, or for, from the HPC uh, family of instance types, which are in particular uh, useful for these scenarios where where you have tight coupling. Now, how do you get the spot capacity in order um, to have it in the first place, but also to better survive the interruptions. Um, And for that, it's very important to diversify as much as possible over multiple instance types, the more the better. So it should be at least a dozen, if not more instance types. And that requires your application to be flexible when it comes to these instance types. So for example, you should be able to run also on AMD or Intel CPUs, from different families, different generations. And this allows you to when it, there is a termination for, for one of them um, to move the capacity and, and get capacity from a different capacity pool from a different instance type that uh, may not be interrupted at the time. So may, may have plenty of capacity. So it's, it's all about this flexibility of being able to, to convert your capacity from, from various uh, types of instances. Um, Now, when you get the capacity, there are multiple so-called allocation policies that that can define how that capacity is provisioned for you. Because you give a a list of instance types to EC2, to the API, and then the way it works is it could give you anything from that instance type list, but um, you may not want to get anything. You may want to get some things. Um, for example, one of the policies is lower cost. So when that, when that uh, is used, you, from that list of instance types, it will be given to you the, the one that's, that's the least expensive at the time. And that might be what you want, but it also could be that when, uh, when you get that instance, there is very little capacity for it so that it will be interrupted very often so uh for other scenarios you may want to have something like diversified there is a different allocation policy which is diversified which basically gives you capacity from all the list of instance types one of each or so right so it will it will spread like butter across all the instance types um this will the, um this will ensure that you get the capacity pretty much guaranteed but uh, you may not have the best price for it, or maybe it's not the best instance types that you may want to use. Another type of, um, another policy is capacity optimized. And what this does is it's always giving you the capacity from the capacity pool that has the most capacity. And that's also maybe not the cheapest one, but this is heavily optimized for uptime. So if you're, if your application could survive some interruptions, but you would rather not have them, then you can use capacity-optimized and that uh, makes sure that you get the least possible amount of interruptions for those particular instance types that you gave it. Now, there's another flavor of capacity-optimized, which is called capacity-optimized prioritized. And that allows you to give it an, an ordering that you pass an arbitrary order, which you can have full control of. So for example, you may want to do things like, give me first the latest generation of instance types, like C6I um, or in Graviton C7G, and rather than give it a full list that may give you, let's say a C4, because the new generations typically have, faster CPUs, better memory bandwidth, so you get more performance from them. Even if the price is a bit uh, more expensive than the, previ- the previous generation, the difference in performance that you get could, could offset that, that, um, that price increase. Um, and you can customize this priority as you f- see fit. So this is very flexible if you're, for example, if you're you want to have control This prioritization is very good. Now, it will still not be entirely enforced because it's still capacity optimized, which means if there is no capacity, that instance type will will not be used. So it will skip over it and get the next one. But at least you can pass the priority. And the latest available um, as of a few months ago is price capacity optimized, where Amazon pretty much did this prioritization for you based on the price. And this is what they now recommend as a good balance between capacity optimized and also the lower price that you had before. So this will is a good mix of getting the price, the lowest possible price, but also ensuring that you have decent amount of capacity so you're not gonna get all those terminations. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's also the current um, recommendation from AWS. Um, Now we have also a way to see an estimation of whether you can have the capacity or not. And there is an API that's that's called the Spot Placement Score. And the way this works is you give it a list of instance types or, 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 or of attributes, and it will tell you from a list of regions, which of the regions are the best to run your workload. Because you, be you may be able to run the workload on multiple regions, and you just want to see where is the best one to run it. And it will give you a score by each region by in the number one to 10, and the highest the score, the, the better the chances are to get that capacity and to run with reduced interruptions for that amount of capacity that you specify. Because you need to give it, besides the list of instance types, you also need to give it the number of instances uh, that you're planning to run. And with this, you can see in advance, okay, is this environment going to work for Spot? Uh, How many interruptions would I see with these instance types? And so on. Now, of course, this is not guaranteed to hold over the future. So this is like a real-time API about the current state of affairs in the Spot world. But if you want to look back? There is also another way to see historical data, um, which is the Spot um, Advisor tool, and that gives you a list of, um, let's say, percentage of interruptions for each instance type over the last 30 days, and also um, roughly the the savings percentages over that um, in that region for that instance type. Um, now I'm going to talk a bit about how are you going to get this uh, this spot capacity, because there are many ways for you to tap into this capacity. The first thing I'm, not, I'm going to talk about is the legacy run instances API call, which was previously used to launch spot instances as well. Um, actually, there was an even older one. Uh, you, were, you were just running a spot request And then they integrated that into the run instances, and then run instances was usable for spot and on demand, but for just one instance type. Um, The current state of the art API for low level usage is the EC2 fleet, um, which is much like run instances. So it it can take uh, an instance type, um, but it can also take a list of instance types and it can give you a mix of spot and on-demand capacity for that instance type list. So it's um, very similar to run instances but much more flexible when it comes to getting capacity. Um, The only difference is it requires you to have a launch template before so you cannot just pass everything in line in the API call. The launch template needs to specify all the details about the instances that you're running and yeah, this is a like the current uh, recommended lower level api for spot for launching spot capacity, and this is used by pretty much everything else, uh including the third party tools like the tool that I write, auto spotting and maybe others in this space um and yeah, if you want to have full control, this is what you should be using, but for most scenarios you don't really need this full control, maybe you need more integrations with other services. Um, So now I'm gonna talk a bit about higher level services that uh, under the hood use the EC2 fleets, and you can can use them um, to to get capacity in a more more integrated way. Um, So the the first one that I'm gonna talk about is a bit of a legacy service, which is called the Spot Fleets which is essentially a a persistent version of the EC2 fleet API call. Actually, it's the other way around. The EC2 fleet was evolved from the spot fleet eventually. Um, And this is something that you can run if you need capacity very quickly to spin up, let's say, hundreds of instances or thousands, tens of thousands of instances at the same time um, without having to worry about are they in this availability zone or in the other availability zone? Um, like you just use the, the EC2, the spot fleet, um, which is the, the persistent uh, EC2 fleet, and it will just give you the capacity from wherever it's available, but very quickly. Um, this has relatively few integrations, so things like load balancers aren't really uh, something that's integrated in it. It, it. it doesn't really scale up and down so well. Um, so it's not very recommended for many use cases, except for when you need maybe like a, a high-performance computing um, processing at massive scale and very quickly to spin up capacity. For, for places where you need more features, the recommended uh, service is auto-scaling groups which has, have been over time extended more and more to make it easier to run spot instances. Um, back in the days when I started also to write auto-spotting and why, what made me start auto-spotting was that I was using auto-scaling groups and it was only supporting a single instance type um, with a launch configuration. So you had one, one group with one instance type. And as you can imagine with spot capacity, fluctuating, going up and down, that single instance type was very risky. So you could lose it very quickly. And then for maybe days in a row or or hours in a row, there was no capacity for it, Um, especially considering the the bidding model that we had at the time. So that kind of got me to start auto-spotting as a a nice way to to diversify these single instance type auto-scaling groups And I did it by just looking at the launch configuration and I determined a list of instance types that could work for this group. And I would use, um, in a loop, I would iterate over all of them, trying to launch whatever was available at the time as spot instance. And that was like a poor man's uh, EC2 fleet API call. But it actually worked. It was very powerful um, to, to diversify and to to get full control over what's doing. And basically that's kind of where eventually the the auto scaling groups eventually evolved towards diversification. And they still now use EC2 fleets under the hood, but they can now provision a mix of EC2 uh, on demand with spot capacity. So you can provision um, a number of on demand instances, and then you can define a percentage over that baseline of on-demand, you can have a percentage of X percent on-demand, and then the rest spot, which is useful. For example, if you may have a savings plan for the baseline, but then for the on top of the baseline, you may have spot capacity, but also maybe some on-demand capacity um, in case you you yeah you want to have have more uh, more capacity there when spot is not available. Um, because one thing to keep in mind about this integration in auto-scaling groups is that there is no compensation for it when you lose the spot capacity. So if you have the baseline configured uh, to maybe a couple of instances, and then you have a, a maximum capacity of like 10 instances um, and a percentage of spot over the baseline, that's like 50% and 50% on demand that 50% on-demand capacity will not increase when you're losing that 50% of spot capacity. So your, your group will be running at decreased capacity. And this is also one of the things that I try to tackle with auto-spotting, where I do, I do always, uh, I compensate for this lost capacity with, with on-demand. Um, there's also handling in auto-scaling groups of, Uh, events such as the uh, the, uh, rebalancing recommendation, which I didn't talk about, but as I mentioned earlier, there is this event when it comes to terminations um, that allows you to see, okay, this instance is going to terminate soon, and this instance comes, this event comes at two minutes, so the, the normal event comes at two minutes, but AWS introduced a few years back, a second event, which is on a best effort basis. So that's not guaranteed to come at the two minutes mark. It could come at five, it could come at 10 minutes, or it could come even at times where your instance would never actually be terminated. So it's a best effort um, event. But this is actually implemented in auto scaling groups and it's, it's handled automatically for you. Um, because it allows them to, to spin up capacity way before the terminations would happen or even when terminations would never happen. Um, so that means you get capacity proactively even before terminations, like minutes before, which gives you time to spin up a new instance, uh, spin up the application and so on. The only caveat is that this uh, is pretty trigger happy, so it it often causes way more interruptions than the um, the initial termination um, notification event. So basically, you should not be using this if your workload is sensitive to instance churn, or you would rather have your your instances running until until the last minute and then having instances going up and down all the time, because this is pretty much what is gonna happen if you're using this rebalancing recommendation events. I've seen a lot of cases where they, these would fire for an entire availability zone, and you will replace the entire capacity from that availability zone with spot capacity, maybe in a different availability zone, and that will later on maybe run into the same situation. So it's, it's a bit um, aggressive, when it comes to replacements. But it gives you a lot of time uh, to, to do the um, to saving your state or whatever you're doing. Um, for other workloads, um, I'm gonna talk a bit about other workloads that, that are suitable for Spot and how it's integrated. Um, Cause auto scaling groups are pretty generic so you can use them for anything. But there are maybe higher level services like for container applications where Spot is also a good fit, but then there is a tighter integration available. So for example, for ECS, which is the container service from Amazon EC2, um, they have this concept of capacity providers. So capacity providers are a configuration that you you define um, to use an auto scaling group. So you have to have an, an existing auto scaling group And then it automatically implements uh, scaling policies for that group that allow it to scale up and down depending on the the need for capacity um, to run your containers. And also it supports uh, termination um, management. So it it drains the containers when you're you're, uh, decreasing the capacity and so on. And when termination happens, it it drains the containers as well. And you you pass this um, capacity provider as a strategy on each task definition that you run. So each each container will reference um, this strategy, and you can tap into multiple capacity providers for each given task. And for ECS, we also have the uh, Fargate and Fargate Spot, which are essentially just capacity providers that are, are coming out of the box For your ECS environment, um, they require no EC2 capacity, but then for spot, it will tap into spot capacity out of the box for you. So when it comes to Fargate spot, um, it's not entirely identical to to plain Fargate. Um, It has a few limitations. So for example, it's uh, not supporting any Graviton. So it's only x86 then you have um, the way it does container draining is a bit different. So you get the you have to handle differently the sig term signals and it's it's different if you run it behind a load balancer. So one thing I would uh, recommend is to not use Fargate spot with applications that run behind load balancers, unless you're implementing this handling of SIG term in your application. So your application needs to be aware that when there is a termination, you will see the SIG term two minutes before, and then it should stop getting connection or it should actually uh, mark itself as unhealthy in the load balancer health check. Because then the load balancer health check will will stop sending traffic to that that, uh, container and then it will allow you to uh, re- replace that container with a new one and so on without having um, user impact. When you're not doing that, when you're not handling the SIGTERM term signals in Fargate spot applications behind load balancers, you will start getting errors like 50x, 500 errors um, that will impact your, your users. So that's one thing to keep in mind about Fargate Spot. Um, now, talking a bit about EKS, it's, um, it's using Kubernetes. It's an alternative to ECS. So um, the way it works, you have this control plane, which you actually pay for in case of EKS. For ECS, the control plane is, in, is included in the service and it's free of charge. But for EKS, you, pull, you, play, you pay for the control plane But then you also have this uh, capacity that runs uh, containers. Uh, Historically, this has been created as auto scaling groups. Then they added support for managed groups, which are just um, managed auto scaling groups that still use uh, auto scaling groups under the hood, much like the ECS capacity providers. But they automate the creation of the auto scaling groups for you and also handle the spot terminations for you. So these are the, the managed node groups for for uh, EKS. Um, and I'm gonna talk a bit about how you should use those, the best practices for them. Um, so basically you should have the same size instances with, within each of these groups. And this is a requirement not of the EKS or, for, or of um, the groups itself, but it's a requirement that comes from the cluster autoscaler which is the standard component in in Kubernetes that allows you to spin up capacity. So Cluster Autoscaler needs to be aware for a given group, how much capacity will it get if it increases the capacity of that group. And if the capacity is dynamic, the only thing it does is it looks at one of the instances and it will say, okay, this this group has this instance type and I'm going to get this much capacity. But within that group, if you have a different mix of instance types of different sizes, it could pick a small instance or it could pick a bigger instance. So it would not be able to predict the the capacity that it would get when it scales out to that group. Um, So that's why you need to have same size of instances in the groups um, as much as possible. Then, You can get that sizing um, automated by, there are some tools like the instance selector, the EC2 instance selector, which you can say, give me all the instance types that have uh, two VCPUs and four gigs of memory, so I can pass them into this group. And it gives you maybe a list of five, seven, eight instance types that you can just pass and create, create those groups. Um, when you use these groups for for spot, because you have um, this restriction of the same size, it will not allow you. It will not be enough to get to get enough diversification for spot. So, you better use more of them, um, of different sizes, and then with uh, with something um, called a um, expander a, cl- a cluster. Auto- uh, auto scaler construct, which is called an expander, it allows you to um, use capacity from multiple of these groups and for each of these groups, you can pass um, like you can mark it as spot and you can mark it as on demand it's better not to mix them so within each group, not to use the the mix that you can do in auto scaling groups but to use hundred percent spot or hundred percent on demand. And the reason for that is because you can have labels that are set at the group level, and that allows you to to filter your application when you schedule, to schedule your application on a group that's 100% gonna be spot or 100% gonna be on demand. So you know for sure what to expect from when running on that uh, managed node group. Um, And then, yeah, you can control the, the scheduling with the standard, uh, like toleration stains, whatever uh, you can do in, in, uh, in Kubernetes um, and then this this uh, expander will allow you to to select a different one um, when when there is not enough capacity in the current one so for example, if you have two groups of spot instances but the first one doesn't have spot capacity, then the second one could could uh, spin up after a timeout and uh, then you get that capacity from the second one. But the the caveats of this uh, managed node group is that it needs a lot of groups if you're running at at high scale in order to get proper spot diversification. Um, And then you need to create these groups in advance. So you have a bit of extra complexity in the system um, instead of just uh, running from a single group, which could be the case if you're running on on-demand capacity. But then again, Spot is a, is a, a good fit for containers. So you can, um, yeah, you're pretty much leaving money on the table if you're not using Spot. And that's why you should be using Spot with, with these multiple node groups that, that bring you then again, this complexity. And of course, the expander also has an issue because the, it needs a timeout to happen before it switches to the next group. And if you really need that capacity quickly, you—it's—it's yeah, uh, not—it's not so good, so nice to to have this expander. And That's why um, AWS implemented another tool which is called Carpenter, which still uses EC2 Fleet under the hood. So there are no pre-created auto-scaling groups anymore. And it just goes and starts instances that match the capacity you need to launch the pods that you're trying to launch in the in the cluster. So basically it works by listening to the pods that you cannot schedule in the existing capacity anymore. And then it says, okay, I need pods that consume in total of um, let's say four VCPUs and seven gigs of RAM. And then it will find an instance that has at least as much capacity and will spin up that instance. Actually, it will give a huge range of instance types, but starting from that instance. And this allows you to get capacity pretty much guaranteed from Carpenter. You don't need the complexity of running multiple managed node groups. Um, And um, it has also this heavy, heavy diversification for Spot. And then there are, there are other things like consolidation, which allows you to automatically bring containers from relatively empty hosts in case some of the hosts uh, terminated some of the containers and the host is running empty and it can, it can bring them together, uh, bin packing them to, a, to another host. And it also does, unlike anything pretty much I've seen from AWS, uh, so far, it does failover to on-demand instances in case there is no spot capacity, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty pretty neat. Um, another thing that uh, I mentioned, I should mention for for EKS is that it also has a Fargate mode, but Fargate on EKS doesn't support spot at all at the moment, so it's only for on-demand. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of wrapping up the, the EKS topic. Um, other workloads where you may want to use Spot are for machine learning, um, but I've seen SageMaker still doesn't have, for, for example, when you want to do training on of ML models with SageMaker, you can only pass a single instance type, which is not really nice for Spot. So... For that, it's it's recommended to either use auto-scaling groups if you run into capacity issues, or to just use your training without SageMaker, running your own notebooks, whatever, uh, so that you have more more capacity um, from the the auto-scaling groups. Um, Other workloads good fit for Spot is our EMR, for example, which is a loosely coupled big data processing it works um, basically it's it's using Apache Spark and other, other frameworks. And this requires typically a ton of capacity. So it, it's really costly if you use it on on-demand instances and it's very flexible. So when it comes to, to instance types, it's a good fit for spot, so you're pretty much leaving money on the table. Again, if you're running EMR with on-demand instances, just like doing containers on, on only on-demand instances, um, the the pricing that you get um, is is like uh, make can make the difference between being effective, cost-effective, or being let's say a loss-making product. So. That's why it's good to look into this also. Um, one thing to keep in mind in case of EMR is there are two ways to spin up the capacity for the EMR. So if you look at the EMR console, um, there is an, like the default option is uniform instance groups, which are essentially groups of a single instance type and they are not a good fit for Spot. So if you want to use Spot instances for EMR, you better um, switch to the other option, which are instance fleets. And the instance fleets have um, more instance types available. So you you can pass a list of instance types and it will give you the capacity with the capacity optimized allocation strategy, it also does failover to on-demand when there is no capacity for it. Um, and yeah, one thing to keep in mind when it comes to EMR, which I've seen, is that if you look at the pricing, there is a cap when it comes to big x86 instance types. So I think it's over 8x large or so. The price um, will not increase linearly with the instance type below that instance type, uh, the price increases linearly, but then there is this cap. And the fact that there is a cap will make people pretty much um, prefer those bigger x86 instance types as opposed to running on smaller instance types. So what you can see in, in um, in the wild is that a lot of people use EMR with massive instance types But then again, there are just a few of them. And the problem is that impacts diversification. Um, So what I've seen a lot was that people uh, keep using EMR either with uh, um, instance groups, so the uniform instance groups which don't diversify, or they use these big instance types only. And that gives them um, headaches because you, you, you may not get the capacity that you expect to get. So always if you're using EMR, make sure you diversify with the instance fleets and also support uh, not just those big instance types but also smaller instance types so that you can get your capacity. There were cases where I've seen customers who were running EMR, but then failing to get capacity for like weeks in a row because they didn't diversify or they didn't diversify enough in certain regions. Um, Moving on to another service that's a good fit for Spot is batch. And what you can do with batch is you can have um, these so-called compute environments, which are essentially backed under the hood by ECS or ECS Fargate. Um, and they have automated instance type selection and also diversification automatically in the in the model. Um, and batch allows you to, to spin up this, this capacity um, with, without having to worry about it. Um, talking a bit about third-party tools now when it comes to spot there is a lot of uh, variety of tools. I'm going to cover a few of the big ones in this space. Um, so the main, main tool is Spot.io, which actually was one of the reasons why I started writing spotting, was I was a bit frustrated with, on one side, the auto-scaling integration at the time. But on the other hand, uh, this Spot.io tool, which, which was available at the time, um, and the fact is that they have, they had, at the moment, they had um, elastic groups, which duplicate a lot of the auto-scaling configuration. And uh, the way it worked, you had to convert everything from auto-scaling groups to elastic groups. So there is a lot of duplication between what you can do with an auto-scaling group and what you can do with an elastic group from Spot.io. Um, And that duplication makes it very hard, let's say, not so hard to adopt it, but then if you want to discontinue it, um, it's a lot of uh, work to to migrate from from auto-scaling to this and then back back to to auto-scaling if you decide to stop using it, which introduces a a bit of vendor locking or stickiness to this vendor. Um, And of course, I mean, they have have, uh, yeah, some, some benefits to that, they have predictable, um, they, can, they can predict the scaling uh, of capacity. So they can, they can predict uh, when, when spot capacity is, is going away um, and so on. They also have an alternative tool um, that's alternative to Carpenter, which is called Ocean. Um, it has been available actually before Carpenter and probably Carpenter took some ideas from it it's a, it's a, it has a nice way to integrate with with Kubernetes um, and including EKS, so getting the capacity and doing all this bin packing and stuff. Um, there are also other 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 players in this space like Usage AI, which is similar to Ocean in a way that and Carpenter that, that gives this this um, tightly integrated to EKS. And allows you to, uh, to get spot capacity uh, much like Ocean and, and Carpenter do. Um, another tool in this space is uh, one that, uh, that uh, was um, actually using auto spotting source code back when auto spotting was open sourced under the MIT license. Um, it's called Exosphere, and they essentially complement ASGs much like auto spotting is doing. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's their, it's their way to, to do it. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to these third party tools, there are like some pros and cons that you should be aware of. Um, they all come with these beautiful dashboards so that you have a lot of visibility into the savings, um, savings estimates, they kind of predict how much you would save, but then they can also show you a dashboard, how much you actually saved. They're very easy to use once you get started with them, but not so easy to adopt because you have all this configuration uh, that you have to convert. Um, and there's from the cons side of things, uh, there is of course the vendor locking that I mentioned because you have these custom configurations, um, replacing what you had before, Um, There are also some security and privacy concerns when it comes to giving them permissions to your account. Um, In order to run spot capacity, you need to give pretty much admin-like permissions um, to to them to run things in your account. And then they can see a lot of things, what you're doing there. So like uh, your configuration, the the number of instances pretty much like all the all the information um, they have about you and that of course allows them to use it for marketing purposes to to come and uh, and sell you other things and uh, and pitch you things Um, and besides that there's also the the high cost Um, you have like 20 to 40 percent savings sometimes even more I've seen depending on the configuration and the, the tool that you're using and Basically, these um, like decrease the the amount of money that you keep from doing spot in the first place. So, in many situations, if you're using such a tool, you're probably better off to just run um, an RI, um, yeah, then than just give them so much um, overhead on top of what you're what you're getting savings. Um, so that's kind of why I I built Autospotting, which tries to fill this gap between all these options, um, at least when it comes to auto-scaling groups, because it just complements existing on-demand auto-scaling groups and converts them to spot in a a seamless way. Um, That also makes it work for for, um, ECS and EKS managed node groups that are created as on-demand. Um, the configuration is based on tags, so you don't need to change the configuration of your groups. Then there is instance type diversification, automated by, um, by looking at possible instance types that you can have in your group. And it does uh, prioritization by not only the price, but also the generation of instance types. So you prefer, um, in case you prefer new instance types, you get them out of the box. Um, if you use auto spotting. and there's of course also failover to on demand in case you're using um auto scaling groups there that's not available and uh, I've seen a lot of people at least during the the high season of um, of holiday like uh, november December when there is a huge peak um in in traffic a lot of people s- uh, start using uh, on demand more and then the spot capacity decreases and then customers uh, get out of spot capacity. I mean, of course, there is this cascading problem if everybody goes and uses on-demand, but then again, you're, um, if you're diversifying enough, you can, you can uh, go and get capacity from multiple on-demand capacity pools. And yeah, so, so it does fail over to on-demand. And it's also way more inexpensive than the other options from from the SaaS alternatives. And there's no there's no backend that it talks to talks to to, to like um, learn about your infrastructure. Everything runs within your your account with minimal permissions. Yeah, the only thing that's missing is a, is a dashboard, as far as I know. Um, and everybody talks about that, so I try to come up with ways to estimate the costs. And I have now a cost calculator, which I just released last week. And also a few months ago, I released a saving summary, which you get by email every day or, or every time that you configure, because it's configurable how often you get them. And yeah, trying to get into this visibility um, increase um, by, by, by building these things. So yeah, this, these are pretty much the options you have when when using Spot. There is so much things. So probably I'll do later a deep dive in in some of these things, how you do certain things. But uh, this should be a good good starting point if you're looking into using Spot, um, especially in in case you're you're using auto scaling groups of on demand instances. I would um, recommend you to, to check um, out Autospotting, which has a bunch of enhancements on top of the uh, autoscaling groups, um, the vanilla auto-scaling groups you get out of the box. And yeah, if you have uh, workloads like containers, web server, REST APIs, big data, um, HPC and um, machine learning loosely coupled, uh, you're kind of leaving money on the table if you're not using Spot. So better try it out and, yeah, let me know if you need any help. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for your attention and looking forward to seeing you in in the next episode. Probably next week I'm going to talk about Graviton. So, yeah, thank you so much. Goodbye.